You are listening to Mommying While Muslim podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post 9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommy Well Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jaffrey. And this is Zeba Hassan. I am actually calling in for my phone today, so I'm hopeful that I don't look like a hot mess, but I probably do, and it's all good. It's a Friday, at least. It's a Friday. So how have you been? I love your um, your maroon hijab. It looks like, is it maroon? It's purple. And I wore it, you know, I hope Alvina Joffrey, our... Um style expert is going to be happy with me because I tried to do it like she sh- showed me how because you know I wear I've worn the same hijab style for 30 years so well guess what if it if it ain't broke don't fix it so how has your week been my week's been good I just finished uh an appointment with my primary care physician Yay! who I've seen after six years oh my god Uzma <laughs> good good news I'm gonna get my labs drawn on Monday and find out a lot more but it was a very good visit short sweet to the point I knew what I wanted I knew what I needed and what I needed to address was that I have been down in the dumps. I know at the beginning of the year, I was like, what's the problem? I feel great. I haven't noticed a difference. And you know what I realized? It was when I stopped wearing pants oh, that I didn't feel good anymore. Girl, put your pants on. <laughs> and then when you stop wearing your pants, you start eating Cheetos and Nutella and you can't put your pants on anymore because they don't fit. So um, yeah, <laughs> I've been really down in the dumps and I'm clinically depressed. I'm positive on all of the screens. I'm a physician and I know that. I identify, diagnose, and treat it all the time. And now I have to take a dose of my own medicine and mm-hmm. I'm happy to do it. And I hope that my example destigmatizes mental um, health for you guys and tells you that all of us need the help. You treat blood pressure, you treat diabetes, you treat cancer, but for some reason, we don't want to treat our brains, which are also vital organs, and we have to keep the chemical balances in there straight, and so I'm praying that when I pick up my medication today, I will be on my way to straightening those hormones. You know, all of you, I'm talking to you, who go to your doctor and ask for hormone checks, there's all hormones working in here, and they can get out of whack, so I'm going to whack them back in, and hopefully be feeling better by the new year, inshallah. Inshallah. I am so thankful that you finally made that step. Um, I know that you and I have been privately um, texting every day. I'm like, girl, get up. Go for a walk around the block. I know. Get out of bed. Let's do this. And the reality (laughs) of the situation, put your pants on. And the reality of the situation is I know I'm super thankful because when I was going through that, Osman was one of those people that helped pull me back out. So that is one of the, the main things we want to do here on Mommy Well Muslim is to provide you all um, an online reality check like Osma herself says. She diagnoses it for other people, but she herself didn't quite realize what she was going through and that we do need each other because there are going to be times where all of us need somebody to like pull us up um and i'm so thankful that she was there for me so the fact that she is going and getting the help that she needs um, makes me feel so much better so i'm extremely proud of you for taking that step and how convenient considering this is mental health 
month here at Mommy Well Muslim, and I'm so grateful that you can be an example for our listeners. My week has been pretty much, you know, dealing with my own children, trying to get to the end of the semester. Um, as you know, you know, we're I'm homeschooling two, and the other two are doing virtual. Um, weirdly enough, the older two are actually starting basketball and have been practicing. And, you know, not that it's normal by any stretch of the imaginations. They have to wear masks and all that. It, it, it's a very different world from this time last year. But, you know, my kids are um, very big on the physical aspect um, of healthcare uh, and health. And so the fact that they are back to working out a couple hours a day, I think that that will really be helpful for them because I know it's definitely helpful for myself. Because um, as everybody knows, I'm on my own health journey and six days a week, 90 minutes a day I've been doing and it does definitely feel good and feel better. But we all have those days like this morning, my younger two woke up, it's kind of cold and icy and gross outside. I was like, guess what? You don't want to go to school? Go read, go play, do Legos. And that's what we did today. So sometimes we all need mental health days and that's what I did today. That's been my week. Um, and like you've now been the highlight of my week. Um, so I am super, super thankful for that. But do you want to talk about our, um, our soapbox for today? Our soapbox is really quick um, because we're on a little bit of a time crunch and I don't want to get into the big thing uh, that I had on schedule. So I'll just move that to next week and it has to do with podcasts. So you will want to tune in next week to hear it. But uh, what happened to me literally yesterday on a Facebook friends page, she posted for prayers for her friend who was struggling with COVID. And the friend responded in the comments and said, yeah, I'm fighting this China virus. Mm -hmm. and pray for me I'm gonna beat it and I was like is this for real and then I got so angry and I created a graphic um, with that comment and I was like yeah no I won't pray for racists and I don't think anybody should pray for racists. And you know what if you're a really good friend to that racist friend you're gonna tell them sister girl you a racist and I want to empower all of you to call out the racism in your immediate circles, it's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good, but it needs to be done because you're silent. Your silence is complicit in the racism, in the aggression against any other people. And that is not God's way. And God will not bless you with health. And I will not be praying for your health. I'm sorry. I'm a healthcare provider. And do you think I'm happy that all of these anti-maskers and conspiracy theorists are the first ones to get in line for a COVID vaccine? Oh, no, I am not happy. I do not want them to get the vaccine. I want them to get COVID again. Um, so, yeah, maybe that makes me a small, petty person. But I'm telling you, if you want to be an ally, call out the racists in your immediate circles and do not let them perpetuate the racism and the otherism that is rampant in your circles because your silence leads to murder. I promise you it does. It is doing it right now. That's my soapbox for today. I definitely appreciate your soapbox, but the one thing I do want to point out is we should always pray that people's minds become open and perhaps your exchange with her will make her think and hesitate to think those types of thoughts in the future. So we should still pray for these people because they do need enlightenment and may God grant them the space and the, the, the mind to be open to some of their shortcomings. 
Amin. But what I'm saying is we don't have a tradition of turning the other cheeks and please, sir, may I have another. We fight oppression wherever it is. And I think this is a form of oppression. You're my Sufi sister, but I'm your like warrior queen sister and I'm going after him. So I did not post the graphic. Okay, good. But if we can't correct the people that we love the most, I agree with what you're saying, then there is no hope for humanity. And that is why we need Mental Health Month at Momming While Muslim. So far, we've addressed both childhood anxiety and the state of mother's emotional cups that you heard last week. This week, we're going to focus on teens specifically. So not just all our children. The teen population is a very special population for those of us who remember those very special years that we all experience. So uh, Zeba in particular can speak a lot about this, but joining us today is Sumaya Puna, Head of Operations at Nisia Mental Health, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting communities and individuals towards achieving positive mental health. They have a hotline that is open seven days a week for Muslim teens to call or text for help and speak to a trained counselor. You don't even have to be, you know, it started in Canada, but it's it's available in North America. I don't think you guys, most people that I have spoken to don't even know that this existed. I feel like I've been sitting on a treasure box for the last over a year and a half because when I first found out about Nasiha was spring of 2019 and I thought, oh my gosh, where were they in those years for me? So they do a lot of amazing work and so we are so pleased to introduce Samaya today. Salam Thank you so much for joining us. Salam. Thank you guys for um, inviting Nasiha and uh, having me join this conversation today. I hope you didn't feel stalked by me over the last few weeks like, come on, come on. <laughs> Please come talk to us. We really want you on. No, I think it's a wonderful opportunity and a great platform. I think the work that you guys do is so important. Um, and I'm part of a lot of mommy groups. So I think they certainly add value to the mom experience because it's so easy to just kind of like fall into this hole at home um, and you know, get lost in like translation between work and home and grocery stores. So it's nice. So we usually have our guests tell us a little bit about their mom story, how many kids they have, what are their ages and their approach to mommying. Yeah. So I have three children. My eldest is 11 and her name is Asia and a seven-year-old girl. Uh, and she is, uh, you know, just a very different personality from Asia, but special in her own way. And <laughs> then I have a one-year-old uh, and he is my first son. And, you know, in many ways, like the love of my life, but different work commitments, a different phase of life and how I mommy, you know, I think I'm a convert. So I come from a very traditional Christian family. Um, and it was it was a bit of a challenge in the beginning because I had a very tight knit family experience growing up, and uh, I wanted that experience for my children as well. But you know, I had severed ties with that community, and so there were repercussions that I had to kind of respect. Um, and things have absolutely sort of changed with my parents since then. But you know, in terms of what I wanted for my kids, I wanted our house to always be a safe space. 
um, I wanted to kind of like be able to have them be raised with a strong foundation and a strong sense of identity um, and to kind of navigate like every challenge that life threw its way. That is a, one of the the revert or convert's life experience, right? Is it's the balance yeah. of trying to figure out um, how to keep our past lives and 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 kind of collaborate that with our our current lives. So kudos to you to, for trying to make that work. I definitely appreciate it. And with uh, three kids under the age of eleven, like good for you. And I would not go back to the the new babyhood if you paid me so like that's not happening but the one thing i really Samaya, wanted to talk about was the history of nasia because i feel like this is such a valuable co contribution to our community because like Uzma mentioned like when i was a teenager there were so many things i wanted to ask or talk about or or reach out to but but I didn't feel like I had a platform or a place where I could do that. So can you tell us a little bit about how Missy has started? My husband is actually one of the founders of the organization. Uh, and he, he, you know, he went to an Islamic school or a private school for elementary school. And then he transitioned into the public school system. And that, was a bit of like a steep learning curve for him. Um, and, you know, just as you guys have kind of alluded to, there are challenges like in navigating that experience of being Muslim while growing up in the West. Um, and he really wanted to kind of, after he sort of emerged from university, provide this opportunity for young people to just have access to another resource like other than the national sort of helplines where there was this sort of um understanding and uh, comfort I, I think you know there is a level of trust that's established um between the callers and the counselors where they can discuss whatever issues they face in the early sort of years of nasiha uh, people would call about what to ought to read, you know, like before uh, um, an exam, for example, or um, about parental issues. And what we've seen in like the evolution is as people sort of continue to reach out to the organization, their needs changed. And so our recruitment had to change. Um, and I actually helped to establish the education and outreach division, which was really started in response to a disconnect happening between the voices being amplified in the community and, and the trends that were emerging from the data that we were able to collect through the helpline. So we had young people calling about their own personal health, um, about you know, and I, I don't want to censor myself too much here, but things like pornography and and then from our community, people were taking their children out of health class. And so I really wanted to encourage parents that if they were going to be taking their kids out of health class, that now the onus of responsibility falls on them. Um, and and it's easy to but let's equip them with talking points and practical tips and strategies so that our children are not left to navigate, you know, 
like just a plethora of media being thrown at them without without some grounding or basis from their family unit. How long has Nasiha been around? Yeah, so it's been around since around, my goodness, I think 2007. Hmm. SubhanAllah, I didn't even know it was around that long. That is awesome. It's not just the hotline, you also have the follow through. So if a teen needs help, you connect them. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, for sure. So if, you know, someone calls from Chicago in the U.S., and I think in 2020, just around 41% of our calls were from the U.S. alone. So even though we're based here in Canada, we can connect you with local uh, clinicians in Chicago to make sure that you have access to people who can support you with more long-term um, resources and plans. Uh, and, you know, we have repeat callers as well. So if none of those options work for you, we're always there um, in the event that you just need someone to validate some of what you're going through or listen and be a sounding board and maybe, you know, walk you through different perspectives of uh, the circumstances that you're kind of being faced with. That's absolutely wonderful. And why I feel like it's such a need in our community because some of that mainstream um, therapy, which is, I'm still not knocking it, but the, the cultural nuances, our own personal life experiences, things that are only our particular people in our community understand are not really talked about in mainstream therapy. So the fact that this is there as a platform for these teenagers where they're like, listen, I, I can talk to somebody that understands my life experience. I don't have to explain the fact that, you know, my moral structure or my family structure is the way that it is. It's such a valuable um, asset to our community. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, the one thing I do want to ask, you know, having teenagers myself, do you find, and I'm just going to be honest about this in the sense that pre-COVID, post-COVID, do you find that there's an increase in calls to your organization? during this COVID period of time? Yeah. So we have absolutely seen a volume increase. That being said, what we've been able to track is a significant increase in text support. Because I think what's happening is people don't have a lot of privacy, right? And so they're calling from home while people are working from home. And while you have uh, different generations living in the same household, and it's really hard to kind of like find that opportunity for privacy or um, reflection. So we have like just spikes in our tech support and then with crisis calls as well. So last year around this time, we had four calls um, that were crisis related where they had to be escalated. This year, you know, within the first week of December, we were already at four calls. So um, those are dangerous trends. And we have worked with different communities in the past where they've just had rashes of suicides, you know, and, and one suicide occurs within a community and then all of a sudden there are copycat um, cases. So that's something, you know, we really want to keep an eye on. There, 
another sort of really important piece worth mentioning is you know in the past we could kind of speak very antidotally about what um, challenges different communities face in terms of access to care but there's a lot of important research coming through um, and what we're finding is that women specifically at that intersection of being black and Muslim or uh, wearing the hijab and um, going to their healthcare providers and not to knock healthcare providers, you know, they have absolutely been essential allies in this process, but there, there are gaps that exist and we're starting to analyze where we can be better. Um, and part of being better and customizing solutions for communities is being able to offer, um, you know, linguistic considerations in that support or um, having solutions that align with our faith. And, you know, our faith can be, we can allow it to be an opportunity for strength. So we, we use that, but that being said, at Nasiha, we don't introduce that aspect of faith until it's initiated by the caller, uh, because we do recognize, you know, that even though we have just under 25% of the calls coming in about spirituality, not everyone has that positive sort of relationship with their faith, and it's something they're trying to kind of like figure out still. So it's important for people to not feel a sense of pressure or judgment um, in that sphere as well. I hear that. I think that's super important. Um, and I have so many questions, but you know what I'm thinking, cause my oldest is 12 and I'm feeling like I'm looking down the rabbit hole right now. Um, Nasi has one of the arms that you provide is education as well. So in terms of while we're kind of in this, pandemic limbo with our children. How can we help them cope? You know, it really starts by having honest conversations with them and being honest about how you're feeling. And in a way that's age appropriate, ultimately, right? We don't want to like burden six-year-olds. Um, but I think it, it's important for them to understand that we're all, we're all feeling the weight of this experience. Um, and so, you know, how about we talk about ways to be, to build resilience and to focus on your strengths and the areas that you have control over, right? Like you can brush your teeth, you can go for walks, uh, to feel fresh and, and, you know, to, to control again, those aspects of life that you can. Um, you can do things like art, you can, you can do things like creative writing, and then we as parents, we have to emulate that behavior too, right? Like, we can't tell our children to go for walks and to do, and to write in diaries um, or paint if we're not actively trying to do them ourselves and our children are not seeing us doing it, right? And, and they're not, I think, part of this pandemic is also knowing when to sign out of social media and sign in at home and be present and be mindful, right? Of like all of the eyes and ears that are being exposed to what we're doing 
Um, so what I try to do with my kids is spend an hour or two a week with each individually, because I think as moms, we can get so busy um, and, and we don't even realize that these kids are really craving our attention. And, and, and the one thing that people have, like when the moms take care of themselves, you know, when you're at a, a place of peace um, within your own self, I think that that does trickle down um, to to the kids. And I, and I know we don't have too much time, but the one thing I did want to point out was there is, um, we talked to the founder of Gene Journal and you're talking about journaling. And one of the things that we've been doing, and I got this idea from Sola, the one of our, our lifestyle guru, is that we focus on the gratitude aspect. Like, what are we actually grateful for? To your point, there are certain things we cannot control, but what we can control is our mindset, how we think about things, how we choosing to think about things. And yeah, we can have grumpy days days and we can be angry and or whatever but the truth of the matter is that we woke up we're healthy we love each other and perhaps that that should shape shape the way that we view things um speaking of, of as the person on the panel with two teenagers um currently right now in the thick of it uh, the one thing i do want to point out to parents is that um to your point samaya when they're younger they love and crave your attention but guess what the older kids do too and you might think that we're, we're going to start taking a step back they want to be independent but the truth of the matter is they still want your cuddles they still want your hugs they still need your attention even if it's not it, the way that they would traditionally like my younger two crawl into my lap and they're all over me but sometimes i just sit with my daughter and we watch TikToks together and we we do things like that or my older son where he's playing video games and i kind of just come in and like rub his head and then walk away like they definitely appreciate those types of things so i want parents to understand to be mindful they might be prickly but they're still really cute underneath. So I just wanna know right now, this is such an amazing organization. How can we fund, help you um, with your funding? Where do you get your funding from? And where can we find you so that we can make sure that this is a continued success for our community? If you guys wanna kind of check out our website, follow us on social media, we're funded by generous donors um and you know like partnering agencies grants in the community uh it really is a bit of a hustle to kind of meet those demands but our community needs it and we just want to expand those services and get them 24 7 that takes money because you have to train the staffers you have to get those trained counselors there to receive the phone calls so the hashtag is here for you that's right f-o-r here yes. for you, and uh, we will have all of the links to Nasiha on mm -hmm. our show notes. So we really urge you guys to um, get that information and just spread it around the house. Yeah, I mean, we've absolutely had young children, you know, between the ages of 11 to 18, go to a friend's house to call um, the helpline, you know, and it there are there are young kids who are really, we've had to involve, like, it, it's challenging, right? Like, there are cases of abuse, uh, sexual and otherwise, that exist. Uh, and we want to make sure that our kids feel like they can reach out to us. And as you said, like, safe, safe adults that can get them to the help that they need um, in a way that they can understand. 
it's not a failure on our part. It is our job and our duty to create that army of safe people. So thank you for being one of those safe people and that safe organization for our kids and our community. And we want this to be an ongoing relationship with Nasiha because we all need it. And as a community, and we've got this, and like you said, we're here for you, here for you um, with Masiha.com and with Mommy Wall Muslim. And thank you again, Samaya, for joining us today. And until next time, everybody, this is another episode of Mommy Wall Muslim. And inshallah, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Mommy Wall Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy Wall Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.